2: And now, it's Zach Zaidman on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station.
3: Until 9 o'clock, broadcasting live from The Score's Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. We're taking your phone calls at 312-644-6767, talking a lot of bears. We'll talk Cubs with Marquee Sports Network's Jim Deshaies coming up at about 8.20. A lot going on with the Cubs. They made a couple of... Minor signings today, Tom Ricketts spoke about the future and what's the deal with Cody Bellinger. So we'll get to all that stuff coming up in about 20 minutes from right now. But we are talking a lot about the Bears. I think, for the record, that the Bears, they already know what they're going to do at the quarterback position. And I don't think this is much of a debate. I know it's been here on the score and elsewhere, and as soon as I open up the phone lines People are going to come in, and you're going to start debating me and saying the Bears should keep Justin Fields. I don't believe Justin Fields is going to be a Bear. I think his time is done. It makes too much business sense to draft Caleb Williams with the number one overall pick. Albert Breer from Sports Illustrated reporting the Bears are meeting over the next couple of weeks to finalize plans at quarterback with the expectation that they'll have the plan in place by next week in Indianapolis. And he did go on to say, quote, now, the Bears love Fields as a person and really like him as a player. So I would say that whatever they do in the next few weeks will be with respect to a guy who gave them a lot physically and otherwise over the last three years. But I think the reality for Chicago will be that the talent of Caleb Williams, plus the chance to reset the quarterback on a rookie contract clock, will be too much for Chicago to pass on. We'll see. And that, that's the reality. Justin Fields, fair or not, had 40 games to show what he can do. Were the circumstances great? No. But when they made the trade to acquire Justin Fields, giving up multiple draft picks to do it, the goal was to get a quarterback who you win because of. And you can say a lot of things about Justin Fields. They've not won games because of him nearly enough. Period. And the question should always be not how you personally feel about Justin Fields, but what's best for the Bears? What gives you the best chance to win and win consistently, to sustain success? And the answer to me isn't picking up an option or signing Justin Fields to a long term deal. When right now, and this is if Kirk Cousins re-signs with Minnesota, Justin Fields is the fourth best quarterback in this division. I don't care what order you have him ranked in. He's not better than Kirk Cousins. He's not better than Jordan Love. He's not better than Jared Goff. You may think he could be if you add a whole bunch of weapons around him and you give him better coaching. But how many more changes do you have to make when the guy has shown you who he is over the course of 40 games? And how many of those quarterbacks, if everything's got to be right for him to be right, you're not winning Super Bowls. You're not beating Patrick Mahomes. You're not beating Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson that way. You're not going to beat C.J. Stroud that way or Joe Burrow. That's why you have to make Caleb Williams the number one overall pick in this year's draft. After the phones we go. 312 644 6767. John in rolling meadows. You're on the score. Hi, John. Hey, how you doing? Great. I
4: agree with you about Justin Fields needs to move on. And hey, I was his biggest fan. I brought a jersey. I was sure he was gonna be our quarterback. But thirty eight fumbles, thirty interceptions, forty games. His strength is his run game right now and little flicker of passing, you move on. You know, you already seen what you got with the turnovers.
3: I agree with you. And John, I think ultimately that's that's the call that the Bears have probably made behind closed doors at Hallis Hall, and I'm pretty sure we'll find out about it very soon when eventually he does get dealt. Three one two, six four four, sixty seven, sixty seven. Paul is in Hoffman Estates. Hi, Paul, you're on the score.
1: Hi, Zach. Thanks for taking the
5: call. i got to tell you, you're my favorite guy on the score. I know you got other obligations, but I really enjoy listening to you all the time, so appreciate that.
3: Paul, that means Um, a lot. Thanks.
1: Yeah, and I will tell you,
5: the problem with Justin Fields is he refuses to throw the ball. He lacks the vision, and there's no connection between what he sees and releasing the football. And a quarterback, despite all the spectacular plays and the highlights and all that, he's got to get the ball out of his hand, and he just refuses to do it. And you can't have a quarterback do that. Probably like you said, the primary job of a quarterback, throw the football.
3: You know, the irony is you have one of the fastest quarterbacks, and thank you for the call, Paul, one of the fastest quarterbacks we've ever seen, but he plays slow. And you can fix that a little bit, but ultimately just go look at the Super Bowl, right? The two quarterbacks, very different styles, Patrick Mahomes and Brock Purdy. But quick recognition of what's happening. And when I say quick recognition, it doesn't mean that Justin Fields can't. I mean, he's got a beautiful deep ball, beautiful. He's got a big arm. Again, if you built a quarterback in a lab, you'd build him like Justin Fields. He's smart. He's tough. I mean, really tough mentally and physically, which is no small thing in this city and no small thing for that position. But you have to play at a faster beat than he plays. These defenses are too good, and for whatever reason, over the course of 40 games, you haven't seen that nearly enough. Harry is in Kenosha. Hi, Harry. You're on the score.
4: You're taking the call. I enjoy your work as well. And uh, so you pose the question as to why, and this is—it's such a unique situation when you're staring at somebody who could be perhaps a terrific quarterback. The miracle Bears fans has. Certainly always hope for it, staring in the face, but you don't want it because you have set such a low bar for what is acceptable at quarterback play and at the same time, for whatever reason, a segment of Bears fans are taking it personally that feels isn't the proper choice going forward. Low bar, he's had three years. His touchdown-to-interception ratio is almost 1-to-1. One one. It's 40-to-30. Folks, if you don't understand touchdown-to-interception ratio, 3-to-1 is good in this league. 2-to-1 is average. 1-to-1, one one, you're playing in the summer league. 100 is a good quarterback rating, passer rating. 90 is average these days. He's 83. Does, do numbers mean nothing? I think they mean nothing to too many Bears fans and because they've been crushed many times over the years. Cade McNaught, Mitch Trubisky, Justin Fields. They've never seen it. They don't know what they're looking they couldn't see if it was right in front of them. And, and it's it's just an amazing situation. And it's been it's been this long Apology tour, all the excuses, if he had everything around him, if he had an offensive line, if he had receivers, if he had coaching. Guess what? Stroud went into a worse situation last year, and his coach was a defensive, former defensive coordinator. And how did he do? Oh, my goodness, he did terrifically. If you're great, Not it comes
3: across. And, and Harry, thank you for the call. Uh, some Some great numbers there. If you're great, it comes across. It just comes across and it comes across very quickly once you get an opportunity to play on a regular basis. Now are there exceptions? Of course there are exceptions to everything, you know. It took a couple of years for Josh Allen, it took a couple of years for Tua. It didn't take any time for Brock Purdy, it didn't take any time for CJ Stroud, it didn't take any time for Justin Herbert. Patrick Mahomes sat the first year. I know he had one start. Year number two, greatness right away. Didn't take any time for Joe Burrow. Yes, he was banged up his first year. Year two, he saw what happened. And there are times where you may have a great quarterback and there's nothing around him. And it's tough to win. Like Matthew Stafford in Detroit. Detroit. That's not what we've been watching the last three years with Justin Fields. 312-644-6767. Daniel in Ukrainian Village. You are on the score. Hi, Daniel.
5: Hey, can you hear me? Yes. Awesome. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. How are any Bears fans out there defending Justin Fields? Are we watching the same team? The guy threw one 30-yard pass in Minnesota last year after he fumbled twice. Like, we bring in a D2 guy who went 50 who went 2 and 2. Everflutes had the longest losing streak in Bears history I believe with Justin Fields over 2 seasons. Like how how are we defending him? I I just I don't get it. My my take on it is this though. I think everybody's debating um Caleb Williams versus Justin Fields and I I watched a lot of USC football. My sister goes there. I thought he was okay 2 years ago but I I just think you can get more value trading back. Um, you get a guy like Jaden Daniels or or Phoenix and like CJ Stroud went number two last year. You know, it's like you could get so much value. You trade Justin Fields and number one to Atlanta for their number one, their number one next year, their number two this year. Like, I get it? And, I, and think, and I, I think I think you I, prey on everybody's like desperation to trade. You don't think? Uh, sorry, last thought. You don't yeah. think? New England with a new coach is trying to like do everything. You don't think you could get them to overpay like Brock Purdy, Patrick Mahomes. We're not number one overalls. Like there's, there's, there's value in the draft.
3: Yeah. I, I think there are a lot of, there are a lot of, there's a lot to what you're saying about value. I think there comes a point sometimes where you acquire all these picks for special players. And this is one of those deals where you have an opportunity to grab special with the number one overall pick. And by the way, I agree with you. You can make a case, and I I would love this argument too. If the Bears had the third overall pick in this year's draft, I'd make the case that Jaden Daniels and maybe Drake May, maybe J.J. McCarthy are better than what you have presently at the quarterback position in fields. But I don't know if those guys can be special. Everyone I talk to, everyone I talk to, believes Caleb Williams has everything that you want in a special quarterback. Does that mean he will be special? I don't know. But for the first time in decades, the Bears don't have to give up anything to pick special. And if he's not special, so what? What you have now isn't special but you didn't give up draft picks to get it. And the Bears still will have the number nine pick. They can trade that down if there's another quarterback that some desperate team wants to trade up and get. You'll have whatever you get back in return for fields. This is low risk, high reward. That's the position you want to be in. That's why you trade Khalil Mack for picks. That's why you trade Roquan Smith for picks. That's why you rebuilt this thing. That's why you traded the number one overall pick last year. The cupboard is not bare. If Caleb Williams is truly as special as many NFL experts believe, and you're able, because they have the resources to do it with money and draft picks and the core of the current team, Boy, you could talk about something really special. New stadium coming soon. Super Bowls here in Chicago when that stadium gets built. Maybe the Bears will even be playing in one. Allow yourself to dream big. It's not some fantasy. It can happen. 312-644-6767. A quick timeout. More of your Bears calls later on in the show. We talk Cubs immediately ahead with J.D. Jim Deshays right here on The Score basically signing the guy who led the league in strikeouts in Japan last year so. And um, seems like a, I've only met him once, but I think he's like a great guy and a great teammate and brings a little energy to the clubhouse. And I think it's a great pickup. And so, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he does.
2: And now it's Zach Zaidman on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station.
3: That is Cubs chairman Tom Ricketts talking about one of the new acquisitions this offseason for the Cubs, the Japanese star Shota Imanaga. And that's cool. A lot of Cubs fans are excited about him and some of the, some of the other moves that the Cubs are made. There's one guy, though, that's a familiar face to Cubs fans who is – not in Mesa as we speak, and that is Cody Bellinger. And everyone wants to know, what's the deal with Belly? I don't have the answer. Maybe this guy does. We are joined now on the Circa Sports Illinois Hotline by Marquee Sports Network's Jim Deshaze, the Cubs TV analyst. Download the Circa Sports app today. I know, J.D., you don't really have the answer, but what do you make <laughs> uh, of what Mr. Ricketts had to say today?
6: Uh, well, first off, hi, Jack. How um, are you
3: doing? Yeah. Well when
6: when you start, when you prefaced all that by he's not in Mesa, I was like, How does Zach know that I'm not in Mesa yet? Um, I'm going tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I I you know, I i found it interesting to hear what Tom had to say because uh like you, I, I am not privy to the conversations that are going on uh between Scott Boris and Jed Hoyer. So I don't know how far down the road they've gotten in terms of any negotiations uh, for Bellinger. I, I have no idea what the asking price is. So um, you know, it was curious to hear you know Tom with his comments, and it sounds like there haven't been um, any real substantive you know negotiations uh, as of yet, um, which is frustrating, but not completely. Um, uh, you know, it, it's somewhat understandable given the track record of Scott Boris. And the fact, that he's got, what, three or four other guys uh, highly sought after that are out there as well, currently unemployed. So, I, I, you know, I don't know how much of this is um, gamesmanship. Um, I, I just It feels to me that the longer we go with this, the less likely Bellinger is to end up in a Cub uniform. But that's just a sense. It's not based on any intel that I have.
3: So, J.D., if Belly is not a Cub, this season what are things going to look like on the field who's playing center who's at first is it one specific person at each position or are we looking at a a platoon in both spots
6: well I I think the plan going in would be uh, Bush at first base a lot uh, Patrick Wisdom at first base against left-handed pitching probably Talkman in center, uh, Pete Crowe Armstrong. Um, you know, I don't. I don't know what they're thinking is on PCA. Whether they'd want him to get a little more time down in AAA. I think if he were to come into camp and perform at a real high level, and and maybe you know, um, you know, show the, the quality of the bats that they want to see out of him, uh, there's a chance he breaks with the club and they just hand him the keys and say go go play center field. Um, so, you know, that's what spring training is all about, to get the answers to these questions. Um, it looks like uh, Christopher Morell is going to get a little bit of a runway to try to claim third base. Um, but, again, that could all change. You know, Chapman is still out there, and that's uh, that's another name that's that's uh, bounced around with the Cubs. And, you know, maybe they pivot from Bellinger and go after Chapman and stick him at third base. But um, it, it, there's a lot of intrigue uh, heading into this camp because these guys are still out there on side.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of fun. You know, because it's an incomplete team at, at this point, but it may not be incomplete. This may be the team that they go into the season with if they don't end up signing any of the guys that, that you just talked about. What have you been hearing about I- Imanaga as to what kind uh, of a pitcher he is? Yeah,
6: you know, um, from what I understand, uh, split-finger pitch really plays. It's a swing-and-miss pitch. That, uh, you know, he should be able to generate a lot of strikeouts because of that. He's got a four-seam fastball that uh, he can work up in the zone, and, and um, you know he's not going to blow you away at 96, but he's got plenty of fastball. Um, his nickname in Japan was the pitching philosopher, so apparently he, he has a pretty good idea what he's doing out there on the mound. So the pitchability, uh, you know, I, I guess is, uh, is is pretty high. So uh, I'm bullish on him. I think the Cubs got a real nice uh, pickup in, in Imanaga. Um, as long as he's healthy, I think he's going to put together a real nice year. You know, he's not a kid. He's got a lot of experience under his belt over in Japan. And then, the, you know, the big question is, you know, how does he transition, you know, pitching every fifth day? How, how do the Cubs handle that? Do they try to, you know, steal a day here and there and try to give him a little extra rest? I would assume that would be the plan. Um, but, but I think he settles in as a very solid uh, middle of the rotation piece.
3: Yeah, there is no other team in Major League Baseball that has both a professor and a philosopher in the rotation. So the Cubs are beating most teams in, in those departments from the get-go.
6: Yeah, uh, we, just, we need a doctor and uh, <laughs> <you> know, whatever
3: <laughs> whatever else you want. <laughs> Jim Deshays is with us. We're talking some Cubs here on the score. Uh, when it comes to the bullpen, Cubs added a couple of, of pieces in Hector Neris and Yancy Almonte. How do you see things playing out? Obviously, you never really know until the season unfolds and then roles may change, but just looking at it from afar at this point, how do you see the roles in the pen?
6: Yeah, well, you know, having read what Craig Council has had to say and you we'll know, hear from Craig throughout spring training, uh, but it looks like he's got an open mind. looks like he doesn't want to go into camp uh, assigning roles to anybody. I, th- I You know, I think his preference is that he has – you know, three or four guys out there that he feels like he can trust in high-leverage situations, and he might not lock in on, you know, this guy's got the ninth and this guy's got the eighth. He might want to, um, you know, play the matchup game. But, you know, clearly Alex Lai is going to be out there in high-leverage situations. Hector Naris will be as well. Um, Leiter and Meriwether proved last year that they're very capable of pitching in big spots. So I, I like – I'm kind of bullish on the bullpen. I like the depth that they have out there. Um, And I'm really intrigued to see how council handles it because, you know, in Milwaukee, he had Hader all those years, and then he had Devin Williams. So he had two, you know, locked down end of the game closers and his bullpen kind of morphed that way, but he was not, um, you know, locked in um, with the way he used his other guys. You know, he would mix and match with a lot of his other bullpen arms. And and even with Hader, his role evolved over time in Milwaukee too. For a while, they would use him multiple innings or, you know, try to get four or five outs out of him. And then towards the end, he was the one inning guy only. And I think, I think Hayter had a lot to do in terms of, you know, I think that was his call to do, to do it that way. I think is probably a little more flexible and would be, you know, willing to, to run a guy out there maybe for five outs to, to finish a game. And, and, you know, if you have to shut that guy down a couple of days because of it, then you turn to plan B. So I think he's got an open mind heading into spring training. And he's just going to sit back for a while and assess all these arms and see how they perform. And, you know, um, and as he said, you know, it'll probably change at points in the season, right? Guys run hot and cold. And sometimes you have to take uh, some of those guys out of the heat a little bit and uh, give somebody else a whack at it.
3: JD, you obviously know Craig Council well. He's been around Major League Baseball for a, a long time. And there's a certain respect that you have for the way he managed the Brewers. In getting a chance to talk to him now, that he's taken over the Cubs. Do you get a different perspective on who he is and what kind of a leader he can be?
6: Yeah, well, I you know, I haven't had a, a, a great number of conversations with him since he, he's, you know, joined the Cubs. Um, but uh, you know, from afar, obviously, uh, I always admired him. Uh, the fact that he was able to, to do a lot of winning with, you know, with that club in that market. Um, uh, he, he's really smart. He's very thoughtful. Um, you know, he, he doesn't say things just to say them. He, you know, you he, he ask him a question and he's going to wait a couple beats and kind of think it through before he gives you an answer. Um, you know, he, he's, he's just a really sharp guy. I've been, by, been impressed with him, um, you know, from across the dugout um, and, and now the little bit I've been around him since he's joined the Cubs and really looking forward to, get to getting to know him a heck of
3: a lot better. We always look at the Cubs from our lens here in Chicago, and we don't, I think, zoom out and take a look at the rest of the NL Central the way we should as deeply as we look at the Cubs. What does the rest of the division look like?
6: Winnable, right? I mean, nobody scares
3: you. Nobody nobody,
6: uh, on paper uh, looks like a a super team. Uh, Everybody's anticipating a bounce back from the Cardinals uh, this year. I think the acquisition of Sonny Gray was huge for them. Uh, some of their big bats had off years last year, so I, I kind of fall in line with that. I expect the Cardinals to be a heck of a lot better this year, obviously than they were last year when they finished, it, you know, in last place. Um, but it, it, it feels to me like you know, eighty-five, eighty-six wins can can win this division. Um, I think the the Reds are intriguing to me. We saw them last year at times look really good. They're young. If their young pitching comes together, they're going to be dangerous. I think the Pirates are, are getting better, but still, you know, I still think they're a couple of years away, and they've got work to do. Um, Milwaukee's still intriguing, um, you know, having lost Burns, and uh, even with that, I, I think uh, they've got some very dynamic young players there. Um, so it's going to be a fun division to watch. Zach, I guess that's where I come down on it because I think um, I, th- I think there's four clubs that could legitimately win this division. Um, And, you know, a lot will depend on, you know, who breaks well, who plays really well early, what kind of moves are made in season in terms of
3: bolstering your roster. Uh, But I think it's going to be crazy. Our final few moments, talking Cubs with Jim Deshays from Marquee Sports Network here on The Score. You mentioned some dynamic young players in Milwaukee and and Cincinnati. With the Cubs, who are the – dynamic young players that you're keeping an eye on this spring?
6: Well, obviously PCA, um, you know, he had a little cup of coffee last year and it did not go well for him uh, in the batter's box. We saw what he could do in center field. He made a couple, you know, highlight reel plays. Um, He looked overwhelmed overmatched at times at the plate, but he only had a handful of at bats and a lot of those were coming one at a time. You know, he didn't get many starts. So, you know, we'll see. And he has a track record in his career of, Struggling when he advances the level for a little while and then figuring it out. And uh, so, you know, he, he looks like he's legit. Uh, uh, Bush, the kid they got from the Dodgers, um, big-time power. He's got a real good swing, knows the strike zone. Um, you know, is he a guy that's capable with, you know, 500 at-bats of hitting 25 home runs or so? I think so, um, you know, based on everything you read reading here. Uh, so we'll keep a close watch on him. Morel, whether he can handle third base, I think is going to be you know, one of the intriguing stories of, of spring training, uh, assuming, I guess I shouldn't assume, but let's say they don't go out and get Chapman and, and Morell has the opportunity to to claim that spot. Um, you know, just, just to get counsel's uh, point of view on, on Christopher and whether he feels like he's ready to handle uh, third base every day. Uh, ben Brown, big arm down in the minor leagues. Kate Horton, another big arm down in the minor leagues. Really want to see them this spring and see what they bring to the table. I think Brown's probably a little closer to the big leagues than Horton, but um, if Horton performs early in the year, would not be surprised to see him in a Cub uniform at some point this year.
3: Down the stretch, J.D., we saw a lot of good things at the major league level from both Jordan Wicks and Javier Assad. How do you see their roles, at least initially, at the start of this season?
6: Yeah, you know, I think Wicks. Again, this is assuming no more ads uh, to the pitching staff. I think Wicks has probably got the inside track to the fifth starter spot, uh, which would be interesting, right? Because it would give the Cubs three left-handers in the rotation. and right. I can't. I, I have no idea. The last time that happened, um, but but I, you know, I, he showed enough where I think he's got the inside track to that fifth spot. Uh, Assad is just so good as a guy that you, you know, you. He makes occasional spot start. He, you know, he can come in and, and give you length out of the bullpen. He can pitch late in the game and and, and handle that. Um, so, you know, he's he's a guy I feel like we tend to overlook, and then he just does his job and he, he does it really well. Uh, I, I wouldn't rule out Wisniewski. Um, you know, uh, factoring into the rotation as well, he'll probably get some starts this year. Uh, and who knows? Maybe he comes into spring training and claims that this. Uh, starter spot as well, but um, right now I'm, I'm I'm kind of thinking Wicks will be the guy.
3: And last one, how much do you miss Boog when you have to go yeah. through a whole off season without him?
6: Yeah, well, you know we get together now and then, Zach. Uh, you know, there's the occasional breakfast. I think you've even made it to one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, <laughs> and I, I watch him when he college. I watch his college basketball schedule I got I have to hear his voice every now and then. So I'll turn into this Big Twelve action and. And, and listen to he and uh, Francis Schiller break it down. <laughs>
3: I love it. By the
6: way, hey, by the way, by by yes. the way, what, what's going on with with the Orangemen? They beat Carolina and then they go lay an egg against Georgia Tech.
3: I, I just think it's it's been one of those years where it, you know there's been roster turnover. They're getting used to uh, Red Autry, the new coach taking over Virginia. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's it, right. not the Orange that I grew up watching. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very yeah. disappointing. Yeah. It happens.
6: Better days ahead. Better days ahead. Let, let's hope.
3: <laughs> J.D., thank you so much. Appreciate it. I'll see you out in hey, Arizona. Dak, uh, we'll, yeah. see, we'll see you in the desert. Yeah. Yes. All right, my friend. Hundred percent. You got it. Jim Deshaies, one of the best there is. The Cubs TV analyst on Marquee Sports Network. I'm going to be calling a, a few spring training games on Marquee uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, first spring training game, Boog and J.D. will be out in Arizona uh, I believe February 23rd it's exciting because, you know, there, there was a during that Schwindel era, there were a, a couple of years there where uh, you knew going in, not much was going to happen. And, you know, last year you kind of felt the Cubs were going to start to turn the corner and they did in a major way. And now you're going into this year expecting big things. I mean, when the owner of the team comes out today, Tom Rickert saying this and he, he wouldn't say it if he didn't believe it. He's talking about how the Cubs have the ability to to win the division. And I I think any Cub fan feels that way, as is. And they may get even better before the end of spring training with some of the moves that they may make, whether it's Cody Bellinger or some other veteran who gets added to the mix. Uh, You know that if they are in the hunt around the trading deadline, they have the resources necessary with that farm system and the money that they can pay to add on to the team. So, to me, that gives you reason for optimism. 312 644 6767. We were talking a lot of Bears before JD. I want to give you guys an opportunity. I think the Bears have already made their decision that they're going to take Caleb Williams and they're going to trade Justin Fields. And I don't think it's one you should regret as a Bears fan. If you're looking at it from this standpoint, what's best for the Bears? This is best for the Bears. Stop being scared. Just because so many poor decisions have been made in trying to correctly identify the answer at quarterback doesn't mean that this is a poor decision to take Williams number one. You're not giving up multiple picks like you did for Justin Fields, which hurts you in two areas. One, if he wasn't the guy, you gave up multiple picks. And even if he was the guy, you're not really giving him the best chance to maximize his ability because you're giving away picks, which is an opportunity to, to make the team better, right? That's what happened with Mitchell Trubisky. That's what happened with Jay Cutler. You don't have to give up any extra picks to select Caleb Williams. And if he is special, all he has to be initially is better than Justin Fields, which from a passing standpoint, and I know Justin Fields is fun to watch. There's a lot to like about what he does. There wasn't a lot to like about the passing game with Justin Fields as the quarterback. So it shouldn't be that hard to get better in that department. And unlike when Fields was acquired, after the trade, you have DJ Moore and Cole Kabet and some very nice pieces on the offensive line. The number nine overall pick, cap space galore. Picks that you will get back when you trade Justin Fields. There's a lot to like about the situation that Caleb Williams would be coming into. 312, 644, 6767. So, why turn this into Fields? versus Williams, as opposed to what's best for the Bears. Your call's next. Zach Zaidman with you until 9 o'clock on The Score.
2: And now it's Zach Zaidman on 670 The Score and
3: 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. This Sunday is the Chris Chelios jersey retirement game. You can tune in to our show Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday this week for your chance to win a pair of tickets to the game to see Blackhawks versus Red Wings this Sunday at United Center, courtesy of Bud Light. Easy to drink, easy to enjoy. We only have about 15 minutes uh, until the top of the hour. Uh, We've had a lot of great conversations tonight about a whole variety of different topics. Chuck Swirsky joined us in the first hour. We talked uh, about the Bulls and the NBA All-Star Game, second half of the NBA season. We talked Bears with Kevin Fishbane. Uh, We talked... Cubs with Bruce Levine and Tom Ricketts and Cody Bellinger and all the changes the Cubs have made with Jim Deshaies. We talked White Sox with MLB.com, Scott Merkin, and we talked a lot of Bears with you at 312-644-6767. I believe there's no debate. Decision's been made. It's only a matter of when the Bears begin to officially implement the decisions. I think they're going to draft Caleb Williams. They're going to trade Justin Fields And uh, they're not only going to restart the quarterback clock with a player who's probably more talented than the guy they have now, but they can also add around him and add around to a core that is developing quite nicely so far for the Bears. You know, we get a lot of text messages and phone calls at 312-644-6767. I'm going right out to the the calls in a sec here, but I got this text message Mm -hmm. from an 815. Zach, how is getting rid of the acknowledged clubhouse leader who multiple players have publicly backed, who the team president has backed, who the GM has backed, who almost the entire defense has backed, how does that make the Bears a better team? You're out of your mind, Zach. If the Indianapolis Colts could say goodbye to Peyton Manning because Andrew Luck was available, the Bears can easily say, thank you, Justin Fields. We appreciate your contributions. We know the last three years were not easy but we're going to trade you, give you an opportunity to start and play somewhere else. We think Caleb Williams is the right fit for us. That's it. That's it. Instead of looking at it from Justin Fields' standpoint and Caleb Williams' standpoint, what's best for the Bears? And all those people that have complimented Justin Fields You know what they want more than anything else? Wins. Wins. Plural. And a lot of them. And sustained success. And you've not seen that in the Justin Fields era. Out to the phones we go. Rick is on the north side. Hi, Rick. You're on the score.
0: How are you, man? Uh, I so agree with you. And you've been on top of this from day one because I've listened to you. you. This has been your call from day one. You've been entirely consistent on this. Look. This whole idea of supporting pieces. Think back to the most recent Super Bowl, the overtime period. Think about San Francisco's last drive. They've got the quarterback who needs the supporting pieces, Brock Purdy, very good quarterback, love him. But in order to be most effective, he has to have the supporting pieces around him and what happened. During their last drive, one of those supporting pieces went down. George Kittle got hurt with a shoulder injury came back for one or two plays, did nothing. Instead of scoring the touchdown, what did the Niners have to do? They had to settle for the field goal. Why? Because their quarterback didn't have the ability to win the game on his own. Conversely, what happened on the next drive? Chiefs took the ball, went the length of the field, scored the touchdown, won the game. Why? Because they have the quarterback who has the ability to put the team on his back and go out And win the game on his own. Justin Fields is Brock Purdy. What they need is a Patrick Mahomes. I don't know. Caleb Williams may not be the next guy. He may not be. He may be a complete and total bust. But you're in a position to roll the dice and get somebody like that, possibly. Keep the pick, take the quarterback. That's that's their best option. I'm afraid they're going to blow it. They're a very conservative organization, very risk averse. I think what Poles is going to do is he's going to trade the pick and they're going to keep fields, which I like you, I think is an enormous mistake, but you've been on it from day one, because I listened to you. And I cannot agree with you more. Keep the pick, take the quarterback, take the chance, because you're not, you know what you got with Justin Fields, but you don't
3: know what you have with Caleb Williams. Well, I, I think, I think the belief is that you'd have better than what you have right now with Caleb Williams, Rick, thanks for the kind words. And thank you so much for the call. Ryan Poles knows this. He was in Kansas City. He was there when Patrick Mahomes won the first championship. He was also there when the Chiefs were not afraid to say goodbye to Alex Smith, who was a Pro Bowl quarterback, a very good quarterback for Kansas City, a better quarterback there than Justin Fields has been here. And they were not afraid to make the change. You make the change when you believe that you can acquire greatness. And I'll go even a step further. I don't disagree with what you said about Brock Purdy, Rick, but if Justin Fields really was playing like Brock Purdy, then I wouldn't have a problem if the Bears traded the number one overall pick. The problem is, Justin Fields has not been anything close to what Brock Purdy has been in the NFL. He's not been anything close to what anyone that you consider to be a top quarterback in the NFL today. He's not been anything close to those guys. I don't care what order you have. I mean, obviously, Mahomes is number one. He hasn't been anything like Joe Burrow. He hasn't been anything like Lamar Jackson. He hasn't been anything like C.J. Stroud. He hasn't been anything like Justin Herbert. He hasn't been anything like Purdy or Jared Goff. I mean, come on, Tua. That's the problem. And we talk about him here like he's scratching the surface of greatness and all he needs is Marvin Harrison Jr. and another lineman and look out. I'm not buying it. John is in Dallas. Hi, John. You're on the score.
0: Hey, enjoying the show? I disagree with you, Zach. Uh, I believe you're going to eat your words when they, when they when they trade that pick in the next two, two and a half weeks. They're going to trade down. If I was a general manager and had common sense, I would trade that pick and get a quarterback next year if I need one. You're going to have more picks. You finish
3: building the team. you got the morale going in John, the right direction. We're short on time, but I, I want to ask you this question. Everything okay. you say makes sense, but there isn't a Caleb Williams in next year's draft. See, that's, that's the unique opportunity in front of you right now. You have the number one overall pick. And unlike the last three main quarterbacks that the Bears have had, where they had to give up multiple picks to trade up to get Justin Fields, give up multiple picks to trade up to get Mitchell Trubisky, give up multiple picks to acquire Jay Cutler, you don't have to do that this year. If, if you swing and miss on this pick, You gave up nothing, and you still have the number nine overall pick, salary cap space galore, and whatever you get back in a trade for Justin Fields. It's that simple. That's why you draft Caleb Williams. It shouldn't, don't be afraid because every other quarterback that has not been correctly identified that's ended up playing for the Bears, just because Justin Fields in your mind with these flash plays has been a little bit better than Mitchell Trubisky. And I would argue that too. It it doesn't mean that you don't chase greatness. Greatness! And you have an opportunity without giving anything up. There's no debate. The decision has already been made. It's only a matter of how the Bears present that to the outside world. I want to thank my executive producer, Leo Stadohar, who helped us blast through the speakers of your radio tonight. Thank you so much for listening. Zach Zaidman. with you. Cubs baseball is next for me, but Wednesday night, right here on The Score, I'll be up in Milwaukee to Paul Marquette. You can hear the game, Top 10 Basketball, on Chicago Sports Radio 670. Take it easy, everyone. Stay healthy.
0: Go Bears! Remy Martin and 670 The Score want to give you a chance to play hoops on the United Center Court. Look for the Remy display at your local retailer and scan the code to enter. You can get details at 670thescore.com slash Remy. You and a friend will scrimmage on the Court of Dreams, take a photo with celebrity guest coaches, have dinner in the Bulls banquet room, and win tickets to the game that night, March 1st versus the Milwaukee Bucks. Remy Martin, team up for excellence.
3: Your home is everything. So when something stops working, it can sidetrack your whole week. Don't stress. Call ABC. For more than 70 years, ABC has provided stress-free solutions for every part of the home. From plumbing and sewer to heating and cooling to electric. It all starts with putting people first. That means when you call ABC, a real live person will answer. It means same-day appointments 24-7. And it means upfront pricing with no surprises trust ABC plumbing sewer heating cooling and electric and consider it done
2: with today's stress and uncertainty drug and alcohol overdoses have drastically increased and taken too many lives don't risk losing someone you love the problem may be worse than you think and it won't get better unless you take action you owe it to your family and you owe it to yourself to get the help needed today before it's too late call Gateway Foundation 855-925-GATE now Gateway is here to help you and those you care about call Five five nine two gate You can make a difference. The stars of the auto show are out at Jovic Ford in Plano. Take advantage of huge auto show savings on Jovic Ford's inventory of over 400 new Fords in stock. Shop and save on a terrific selection of brand new Ford cars, trucks, and SUVs, including F-150, Escape, Edge, Explorer, Bronco, and more. You can count on a great deal because Jovik's new management team is committed to making the sale. Plus, Jovik has the lowest sales tax rate in Illinois. Right now, save $10,969 off MSRP on a brand new 23 Ford F-150 XLT. That's nearly 11 grand off MSRP on a new F-150. And Jovik has over 60 new F-150s on the line. You're never far from a great Jovik deal. Jovik is just about a half hour from Batavia, Naperville, and St. Charles. Shop now and save thousands on one of the area's largest Ford inventories at Jovic Ford in Plano on Route 34. Plus tax, title, license, and dock fee on select models to qualified buyers. See dealer for details. Expires 3-4-24. Oh,
0: how great it would feel to have your 20-year-old knees, shoulders, hips, and back. You know, you don't think
5: about your pains when you're in your 20s or 30s, but you wish you could get that body back. When you're in your 60s, I think QC did that for me.
0: For Patrick, it started with a simple phone call to QC Kinetics. One
5: day I was driving and I just heard the radio and I pulled over and took the number and I called them when I got home.
0: Maybe that's you and you're listening right now. Why wait? QC Kinetics Regenerative Treatments uses your body's own natural biologics to heal and restore damaged tissue without invasive surgery or harmful drugs. And as for the results... My knees are as good as they were when I was in my 20s. I'm really happy with what happened. For Patrick, it's like QC Kinetics turned back the clock. Now it's your turn. Call QC Kinetics today for your complimentary consultation.
2: Call QC Kinetics, 312-809-5955. That's 312-809-5955. 312-809-5955.
0: Denise has been playing
3: jazz for 40 years. Last concert, one of the musicians fell sick with RSV... Respiratory syncytial virus, or RSV, is a highly contagious virus that can lead to breathing problems. This time, she's choosing to help protect herself with Pfizer's RSV vaccine, or Brisvo. A Abrisvo is a vaccine for the prevention of lower respiratory tract
0: disease caused by respiratory syncytial virus, RSV, in adults 60 years of age and older. Abrisvo is not for everyone and may not protect all who receive the vaccine. Don't get Abrisvo if you've had a severe allergic reaction to its ingredients. People with a weakened immune system may have a
3: decreased response To The most common side effects are tiredness, headache, pain at the injection site, and muscle pain. Ask your pharmacist or doctor about Pfizer's RSV vaccine, Abrisbo, respiratory syncytial virus vaccine. For full prescribing information, please call
0: 1-844-989-7284 or visit abrisbo.com. Brought to you by Pfizer. When people have a craving to explore new and traditional Asian cuisines,